This episode is brought to you by Portland Distro. If you like underground music, movies, and more, go to portlanddistro.com for licensed merch, vinyl, CDs, and more. Plug in the discount code 10 off T E N O F F for a 10% discount at portlanddistro.com. Hello, everyone. Uh, before I get going on this, uh, literally moments ago, I just learned that Gene Fowler, uh, a good friend and fellow musician, has passed away. So uh, I just wanted to uh, to mention that I actually have known Gene for decades, and uh, it comes as a shock to learn of his passing. And um, I just want to uh, put my condolences out there for his family and anyone who's listening to this that uh, was a friend of Gene's. Gene was the vocalist for a band called Wet Nurse, and um, you know, we played many shows together. Uh, there's a GoFundMe that I'm going to be posting on the Everything Went Black Facebook page. So if you're so inclined, if you're friends with Gene or if you just feel generous, please go ahead and contribute to that GoFundMe. It's set up by his family and it's intended to take care of uh, funeral expenses. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Uh, this episode is uh, a first in some ways. I attempted to do a multiple person episode years and years ago when we were on tour in Europe with, uh, with Pelican and uh, it didn't turn out too well. <laughs> so I haven't tried one again. This time around we got Locrian on and we got the, the entire band we got Terrence Hannum, Steve Hess, and Andre Foisy, uh, who are zooming in. And all four of us had this really cool conversation about their brand new record, which is about to be released, called New Catastrophisms, and uh, the benefits of spas and saunas and ice-cold baths, things like that. All kinds of interesting stuff. I'd like to thank everyone who has uh, contributed to the Patreon. Uh, we got more stuff coming at you. Uh, now that I'm back from tour, I'm going to be getting busy on creating more Patreon content. Thanks for hanging in there. Before we get going, I want to give a shout out to my fellow horsemen of the podcast, Apocalypse. Of course, I'm talking about Into the Necrosphere, brought to you weekly by Jackie Smith. Horrorwolf 666, brought to you by my brother Brandon Legion. And if you like horror movies, check out Necromaniacs. I do that with uh, Mike Scandato and Jeff Kashid, and that comes out every Thursday. So, between all these different blokes, we've got you covered the entire week. Yeah. So, guys, what's going on? It's been a while since, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, what's everyone up to? I mean, Terrence and I have been, uh, you know, been in touch a lot. You know, we've been talking and, uh, you know socializing and you've also been a guest on the, this podcast for various other things um were you you know, recently, were you, oh sorry <laughs> terrence terrence were you on the this podcast be, recently before i was on for mother of size eric and i did the mother of size okay. uh thing is um wait was it for this one or is it yeah was it for this one we did it for this one not for we we're gonna make the music for the necromaniacs thing but we took too long and, yeah. um, <laughs> which, made, which which made eric and i start mother of size and then and then uh mike in his generosity invited us on to talk about it um on nice. black and that was really cool um 
And then I think it was on for the book. I think I came on for the book one time. And we always talk about Locri and we talk about yeah. what's going on. Yeah, for sure. You, you've been on a, a few times. Yeah. I think you were even on Necromaniacs once, maybe. I think we talked about the soundtracks. Yeah, like all the yep. horror soundtracks. So we did. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was fun, for sure. Yeah. Now, and and uh, recently I had Trevor to talk about Relayer. And Steve, I know you're part of that. Yeah. 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 Yep. This is the first yeah. time you've been on this, this particular show yourself. It is. Yeah, it's my first time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it, was a, it was a good interview. I, I, I enjoyed listening to uh, uh, you and Trevor talk, discuss. You guys yeah, have a Trevor, long history. So. Yeah, we, we got a lot of uh, Trevor is like one of my favorite people ever, you know, and, and yeah. it's funny, like yeah. a photograph popped up in my uh, Facebook uh, memories. Probably, you know, who knows what who's listening, you know what I mean? Or who's paying attention yeah. or what AI is like, you know monitoring our comings and goings but a photograph uh popped up with um pelican and us in um at the the rickshaw in uh in vancouver like several i don't know seven years ago or something like that <laughs> i was like oh look at that look at trevor look how young we all look back then he still looks pretty young <laughs> yeah he's just got that boyish thing going on trevor sure. has aged well I would. <laughs> <laughs> and andre this is yeah. the first time you've been on yeah, it is. Thanks for having me on. Um, I remember playing with Anodyne with my old band from Rochester, Break of Dawn, and you guys were always, I always looked forward to it. It was always challenging for people, and I loved that, and I was, I, I loved that band. It was, like, it was so good. Thanks, man. You know, one of the few people who, um, you know, probably enjoyed our, our playing when we played, so that's cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, like, I feel like more people appreciate that band now than, than they did when that band was active you know what i mean like i get I, messages I, from people about I feel it that's very common for a lot of bands that in that time who you know maybe had were a little bit different in some respect and maybe had a little bit challenging approach to time signatures or tuning or whatever like maybe it didn't kind of fit the a certain new school old school mold and kind of like did something different i think that it um but I think now that like, people look back and I'm like, well, that band made all these other bands. It contextualizes where like, especially with hardcore, like where hardcore is now or whatever. It's like, they look back and like, oh, that band kind of was doing that at an earlier point. Um, and then, you know, I don't know. I feel that, I feel that happens quite often now. It's like people look back at a certain hardcore band and they remember how great they were. And it's like, you know who remembers who has the who has the who has the demos who has all the seven inches and all that stuff like to pull it together to share with people and and then it gets a new life in a way because yeah now you're sharing it with other people and they kind of hear something that they never heard before and it kind of puts a puzzle piece together in the timeline you know well it's funny like on on the patreon version of this podcast like a lot of the people that are on that are you know familiar with stuff and are interested so i've been putting together these uh you know Patreon episodes that have weird tracks and like practice tapes and like live sets and people seem to be really excited about that. So it's kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I tried playing some of that stuff recently uh, before we went on tour when I was practicing and I'm like, you know what? Let me try to play some of these old songs. <laughs> like, <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> it didn't go well. I forgot I can't play any of the material that was <laughs> Was that a, a New York City based band that you were in, or was it? Well, it started in Boston because oh, okay. I, I lived I lived in Boston briefly in the nineties, okay. and um, okay. and then 
I, I, me and the bass player moved to New York and then we found another drummer in New York city. And then we, you know, continued. And I think that's the lineup that most people are familiar with because we did the most touring with that lineup was three piece. I think those are the records that I found like at, um, did you guys play 403 Chaos in Tampa at some point, or did you play in Orlando at one point? We never played 403 Chaos. That's a place I wanted to play because that place is kind of legendary. Um, yeah. I'm sure that was, that was in in Gainesville, though, right? Or was Tampa, it in Tampa? Tampa was that? Yeah, Gainesville was like the. I'm gonna, I'm gonna forget it now. Anyway, whatever. We don't have to talk. Uh, Stephen always. No, no. Stephen always. <laughs> Stephen's about to go take a nap. Wait till the hard no, conversation. No. <laughs> That's not my world. It was not my world at all. Well, I got I got all you guys together not to talk about anodyne and then playing in 403 chaos. Yeah, about anodyne. Whether we played at 403 chaos or not, I came here to talk about the new Locarian record. And uh, yeah. all right now. You guys have, pardon me, you guys haven't put out a record in, what, six years or something like that? Seven, I think. Seven years? Seven years. Yeah, seven years. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a little little bit of a break. Why? Why the break? What's going on? How come, why the hiatus? The irony is we talk all the time. (laughs) i don't think that there's like a week in the seven years i mean obviously working towards the record um that we weren't just like sharing something we thought was cool with each other or talking about something or sharing a a riff or an idea like it hasn't been like seven years where we like had lawyers talking (laughs) it was like it was very it was very like we're you know we were working we had ideas we um uh, we would fly, uh, the guys would fly to Baltimore and we'd work on stuff. We had recorded tons of demos and, um, you know, it was definitely like productive. And then we were actually pretty close, I think, to to moving forward. And then COVID happened. We were actually kind of like making some concrete yeah. plans. And then COVID yeah, happened. To, yeah, to come to Chicago and record at Electrical again yeah. uh, to do something. And then... Uh, yeah, and then COVID hit, and then that just well, obviously, like everybody, it just stopped. And yeah. then later, what you know, like a geez, a year later, or a little more than a year, we was it? When was it? When, when did we about, record it? Well, about a year. Yeah, it was about a year. It was a year ago in July. We we yeah, okay. we um we realized uh, honestly, like the cool thing about it was that we just decided we were gonna try something. I think really was the approach was like, let's just try and go in with a, with, and make may, you know, maybe not the follow-up to infinite dissolution that had more like song structures and tight yeah. arrangements. Um, yeah. And the cool part about that was we actually were able to fund some of it with, a, with a lot of our fan with band camp funding that that was oh, like, great. Where, that's yeah. where a lot of the money came from for recording and um, and it was just kind of like a really neat thing to kind of realize that, you know, over this time, we had all these fans that were interested in like purchasing older releases and and all this other stuff, and it was um, it was pretty cool to realize we could just you know if it didn't turn out or whatever, we could you know it was it was you know kind of our dime you know yeah it, it was it was actually um, pretty amazing experience actually really I mean for me and I mean I think for all of us yeah. for the, with this record um, because like Terrence said, we, we had these ideas and like demo stuff for 
uh, like a prop, like a like a follow up to Infinite Disillusion. Um, but then all this happened, and then we just were like, "Hey, we'll come out to to Baltimore, and let's just go into the studio and see what happens. Let's go into Jay." And so, I mean, it was all this experiment, and it was a good experiment. I mean, I mean, I don't know if I should be saying it or not, but <laughs> but it was. Well, we, we went into the studio with absolutely pretty much no idea what we're going to do. I had almost nothing. We had little bits and pieces, but yeah. it was, we got in the studio and we're like, okay, we set up and we you like, know, uh... got, yeah, like who's, who's going first, who's going to do something. And then someone would like Terrence would lay down something and they're like, Andre's like, okay, great. I have an idea. I'm going to go in. I'm going to go put some, some guitar on this. Then I would lay down some electronics and then, then it would just keep going and keep going. And then, you know, Jay would uh, pitch in a little bit too. And he'd like, hey, you know, maybe like this would be good. Let's do this. And so we, we just put it all together really um, yeah. in the studio there. And it was pretty amazing. I mean, I have been truly blown away by what we did. And I mean, I'm super proud of it. I think it sounds incredible. And I think it is, is a perfect like audio documentation of Locrian in the COVID times, say, like in the last <laughs> like two years. Yeah. It's just like our, it's just us um, kind of experimenting and saying some things that, you know, we wanted to say. And uh, I, I, I'm, I was amazed. I'm, I am. And I think it sounds great. And I'm, I'm super thankful that people are into it as much as they are. And they've heard one track. I mean, just wait till they hear the others, you know, just like. <laughs> just Andre so. raised his hand. So you got something to add to this, Andre? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we need to rewind a little bit. But like the last time we did a record was that it was 2015. Yeah. And really, Infinite Dis Disillusion, it was like material that we, most of us wrote in like 2013. So um, after 2015, we did a tour in early 2016. And then I moved out of Chicago and Terrence moved out of Chicago. And Steven was the yes. only one in Chicago. So after that, it was like I was uh, traveling from Virginia to Baltimore. And there's a couple times or at least once, maybe twice, maybe more. I can't remember. Steven flew out and we had all like these ideas forming. And then I ended up taking a new job in New York state. And so I moved again, my life kind of had to take some different turns and uh, COVID happened. And I think we all just needed to make a record. And there's this concept from, from Taoism, the Wu way. And it's basically like do without trying. And to me, it was like, we just went in the studio and we were like, all right, it's great to see each other. I miss these guys. I miss making music. I really took a break from, from making music since uh, 2015. Cause it just, I just, my life has just been so busy. And then we just made this record and it was just like, oh yeah, we're back. Um, and <laughs> now we're- we can, we can still do this. Yeah, we can still do this. <laughs> we didn't forget. Yeah. And it was like yeah. something I really needed as a person to just have that creative outlet. And I'm just, I'm just really pleased with how it turned out too. Yeah. yeah that's, um, 
you know, I, I just got back from tour a few days ago and I, I've only heard like that one track. So I'm really excited to hear the rest of the record, you know? Yeah. And, um, for, you know, it's funny, my entry point uh, into the band was, um, I don't know, like maybe 10 years ago, there was uh, an augur augury in an evaporating tower <laughs> was yeah. the video. That was my title. Thank you. I came up with that. <laughs> oh, that that's one of the things I wanted. That's one of the notable things about Low Green is the titles of the records and the songs. You know, they got some great titles. Thank you. That video. Um, <laughs> I think um, it, it showed up in my stream one day, one night when I was like, you know, going through various videos and it just keep popped up. Maybe it was because of relapse or, you know, I was watching yes. relapse videos or something like that. And it was like, I remember really, really late at night. And um, it was around the time that I had uh, experimented with, uh, with hallucinogens. And the imagery in that fucking video was like, it made me so uncomfortable. Um, oh. it seems very, I mean, in a good way, in a good way. Yeah. Like the, the whole vibe and imagery of that video was almost like this flashback to, to using like, you know, uh, psilocybin or something like that. And that was before knowing any of you guys, <laughs> my, my, uh, image of the band was that you're like a bunch of dudes who like, you know, slept all day and had like leather pants and like wore, didn't wear shirts <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, and like smoke cigarettes nonstop and we're like these real like nihilistic like dudes <laughs> we're surprisingly not that nihilistic in person. yeah we're much more nihilistic on record and i think to andre's point it's like though it's that space for us like we're able to kind of express these like you know i mean for me maybe like with the titles and and whatnot, or lyrics uh, with and, and the songs, it, it is kind of this extension of like science fiction or speculative fiction in a way. And, um, you know, so so you kind of can get to that, you know, so I view it as like, like it's, it's based somewhat in truth or in science, because there's a lot of like scientific language about like climate change and, uh, you know, global warming and sea level rise, stuff like that's kind of all throughout it. But in this kind of like, a psychedelic way, I would say. Um, very psychedelic. So, yeah, sure. so totally to me, it's like it's like it's like if you know, like if you look at the apocalypse as it's happening, yeah, like totally stone. It'd be great, you know. Like, well, over the course of the last three records, like I, I mean, I definitely feel like this apocalyptic um, angle. And now, is that just me superimposing my own philosophies on it, or is that something no. that collectively the band is trying to present to us? No, it's it's oh. totally there. Go ahead, Steven. Yeah. No, no, no. I was just gonna say, yeah, for sure. That 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 is it's it's intentionally there. It's there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, when we started the band back in 2005, it was like Terrence and I had this connection going back to the old hardcore scene, and old for us was like the mid-90s. <laughs> and at that time there was there's was, there's was a discourse, and part of that discourse was this idea that that social problems could be fixed or responded to through things like veganism and um, other things that could help to promote environmental sustainability. And we really wanted to do something less direct with our music and yeah. to do something that was uh, 
like a different approach on that. And so really it kind of aligned with what we were thinking about possible futures for the world and really what, I guess you could call it late capitalism. Like what is after late capitalism? Um, and so then we, you know, we created albums like Drenched Lands and um, other things that have really expanded on that narrative, uh, I think. So that's, that's yeah. my perspective on it in a nutshell. So, so would you say that some, some of it is a, um, you know, maybe a disillusionment with some of the uh, idealism of like late 90s hardcore um, and having like a more of a sort of nihilistic not, point of view, maybe? Not so much uh, now. I mean, I think when we started, it was definitely like Andre indicated, it definitely was kind of like, I don't know, uh, if you were in a hardcore band in the 90s, then 2000 rolls around and like, every you know a lot of bands are actually looks like they're making it big in some way you have all these you know everybody has an agent and and it goes from base even if they're playing basements they have like a manager and an agent you're like what the heck happened this is weird uh and and, you know like you, you thought there's some kind of ideal there um and i think um you know that well for me my attention was always kind of like very um fractured like i yeah i was hardcore was like an easy thing for me to get access to but i was always really into like experimental like noise or industrial music and you know like i was you know or modern composition or whatever that kind of challenged me sonically but i didn't you know i i didn't really know how to make that like in high school or you know you know what i mean like you know i knew how to pick up a guitar i didn't know how to like you know, like contact mic, uh, like a metal tunnel and bang on it with a jacket, you know, like, I didn't know like that kind of, like, how do I put that on the tape? You know, I, you know, or whatever. Um, so I think that, uh, that was our initial response. And, and then I, I think kind of around, honestly, when, when Steven joined the band, it really became more like these literary references that we were kind of really becoming more comfortable with, like JG Ballard, the crystal world that informed that record. Um, or Samuel Delaney's Dahlgren um, and a list of other things. And kind of always, we always tend to share a lot of, that's a lot of our emails or maybe books that we're reading um, mm-hmm. and like things that were, or articles that we find about, um, you know, really good journalism on, um, you know, whether like it's like climate crises or food crises or whatever, we kind of tend to share a lot of stuff with each other about that. And then yeah. looking at through that lens of like, well, how would like, J.G. Ballard tell this story or something like that. Like how would, um, you know, like Thomas Dish tell that or whatever, where it's like really corrupted and weird and not like this great resolution in the end, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we did that whole record with uh, Jenks, uh, the horseback, which was based heavily around like the sixth extinction. So that was, that was another big one that was, the world without us that was another the world another, without us yeah, for sure yeah. yeah that was great oh there, there was uh there was a book called the world without us um yep. that i read a number of years ago it talks about yep. how like what species like like how cats would survive and thrive yeah. and dogs would, yeah. would not yeah. yeah yeah it's a great book and like how at the beginning it tells you like like a, how a house just decomposes how it, like the paint over a series series of years and yeah. then what would slowly start falling and crumbling first and then which animals and which like you know anything that you know, like something that be growing inside the house what would be some of the first things that would come in yes yeah, yeah. fascinating fascinating book that was yeah. definitely a fascinating book and i also <laughs> like the fact that cats would 
would somehow uh, possess. <laughs> yeah, I hope yeah. so. Yeah. They're, they're not they're barely those, barely domestic you know but yeah. those books it's like it's very evocative like they start talking about what would this ma imaginary landscape look like um i remember one part of that book was about like texas and the, the petroleum industry and what would happen and, and these yeah. explosions and like all this decay that would happen um and you know that i found that like what would that, what would it be like to walk through that happening or what would, what would, what would that situation? Just, just a glimpse at it for just like a yeah. few seconds, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Like how sure. horrifying and like awesome it would be, you know, to like watch that kind of like just the complete obliteration of the petroleum industry in Texas or something like that. Um, I mean, you know, and so, and that even has like some of that, like, I don't know if you know, like um, the Monkey Wrench Gang, that's like a great uh, kind of environmental fiction book um, that also kind of deals with that like kind of total destruction of, you know, and, and uh, you know, it, it, it fed like the earth first movement and, and everything. Um, so, I mean, there's definitely like a precedent for that. And, and it's, but I mean, The World Without Us is technically a nonfiction book, you know, like he, the author I, I, um, is writing about like real science that would happen. Um, and, I, and I think that's kind of where we kind of, we always tend to find this nonfiction kind of point, like where we find some data that we're like, this is really crazy. And then we find a science fiction angle that we're, that's like, makes it even weirder and kind of like, you know, what would, what it would be like if, you know, the earth becomes sentient and humanity becomes extinct or something. And, um, you know, <laughs> we're gonna write a I mean, song about it. That whole like earth, like extinction of man and sentience. That might that might be what this AI is all about that we're experiencing. You know, <laughs> the AI will go extinct too. There's no way it can. There's no way it can. You know, like it has to be on a server somewhere, and that'll those will fail. You know, they need people to keep them going. So that, that's fail. the thing that I Do think they? about too with like AI because it needs power. You know, unless unless the AI develops some biological means of powering itself you know that's the matrix the matrix hey. the power is people right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> it can it can learn to turn on a switch you know sure. sort of push a button you know like within yeah. <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah well the thing that would concern me in a world without people is all these power plants too i mean there's like oh, there yeah. are quite a bit of nuclear power plants and um, unlike fossil fuel plants, like a coal-fired plant or natural gas, um, you don't really control a nuclear, nuclear reaction. You just keep providing cooling water yes. to it, you know, yes. so it doesn't, burn, you know, melt down. But so once all those control systems fail, because there's no maintenance on that, you're going to have a complete nuclear holocaust. You know, yeah, 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 huge problem. Yeah, huge problem. So we need to have a couple of people around there with wrenches, <laughs> yeah. you know. You know, a couple of guys with overalls to take, you know, and yeah. you know, <laughs> care of all that stuff. I, I don't even know if the cats would survive that. The cats, the cats might not, you know. They might not. <laughs> they would evolve. They would they would evolve. Sure. <laughs> sure. So but I would consider like, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead, Andre. Well, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I think like when we started, it was like less about disillusionment with the hardcore scene and more just like feeling like trying to grapple with these huge problems that have no clear solutions. Um, and so I think that's really what, what kind of paved the way into like our, our thinking about alternative 
futures and to hopefully that people will reflect on that. And I know that that's, those are things that we're reflecting on. Like what would, what would happen to the world without us? Or what does it mean to live in a world where um, the environment is something that nourishes you, but it's also poisoning to you? Like where I'm from in the North country of part, Northern New York, um, it's right on the St. Lawrence River. And of course, that's this place that has, has been a sustenance for people for hundreds, thousands of years. And the river is contaminated with all sorts of PCBs and all sorts of crap so that you, you can't eat the fish that has been sustaining people for thousands of years um, very much, if at all. And so you have this thing that, that's something that's intimately homely, something that's, that's almost part of your culture, but it's also poisoning you. So these kind of like wicked problems, I think, are really what's helped to, to, to like define the trajectory of the band from 2005 and to where we are now. And now we're in this whole different post, post-ish <laughs> COVID phase. Um, mm. well, did, any think guys have, have, did any of you guys have any trouble during the last two years with, uh, with the pandemic or, you know, I'm assuming everyone got some version of COVID over the last couple of years. Dude, I just, I just got over it. I just tested negative for the first time yesterday in over a week. And that was my second time, my second, and my, the first time that I got it was less than, it was like six weeks ago. So I caught it six, six weeks ago. And then I caught it a week ago. And I mean, I'm still in shock that that happened. Honestly, is I, I'm not like, going out hanging around a bunch of people i mean i go to like the grocery store and like you know walk around the neighborhood and go to the practice space you know yeah. you know i see trevor and i see <laughs> you know a handful of other people so it is i was really yeah. in shock so did, uh, um, did, did you have any any trouble with it like any you know, severe symptoms or anything like that uh no no the second time uh i mean i felt like crap you know obviously um but not as bad as the first time. The first time I was kind of out for, you know, a good three, four days. I was really hating life. Um, but I mean, I was lucky, you know, I mean, I super lucky compared to so many other people that, you know, have been way sicker, you know, or worse. Um, so it was, uh, you know, my complaining is minimal, you know, in, compared so but yeah it was this second time it wasn't as so bad so i did honestly no i didn't i mean i you know missed a bunch of work yeah that's not really terrible the worst, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but, I, I, you know i had it had over it. the i had it over the holidays and i actually lost my sense of taste and smell for like five days and that was that was pretty awful um and then it started to slowly come back um and, but it, it really did stink because like my kids had it and I had it. And then we were all trying to keep uh, my wife, Erica, from getting it. And then of course she got it. And, you know, it's really stressful. You know, you know nobody made it to the hospital, but there was definitely like moments where we're like, the fe- I can't get the fever down and they're coughing like crazy. Like, and you start thinking like, you know, and I just kind of give myself a little bit of time. I call the doctor and they're like, just give it till tomorrow and see. And then, you know, and then we get better. And, you know, but it was so what like like Stephen, it wasn't that bad. Just and I'm the only one who lost my sense of smell and taste, so which is really bad. Like, um, you, but, you haven't had it, Andre, have you? 
I'm I, not that I know of, strangely, but I was the Good. I was like the head of this this national organization for my profession in the last couple of years, and I, I just was in touch with all all sorts of people, and I got to you know people died in my organization for oh, wow. like close numbers that died, and then you know like people are just in my in my communities have been really directly affected by it, so it's just been real eye opening. Yeah. How about you, Mike? Did you did you get yeah, I had it um, late last year, and uh, I mean, I was sick for a few days. Um, not, I didn't have a, I didn't, even, I didn't have a fever though. I just was like tired, and you know, I felt, I've, I've actually felt worse, you know, just with yeah. like regular food. So I wasn't too yeah. concerned about it. My, my sense of smell and taste is still like not as you know, vibrant as it once was. Like I lost it yeah. straight up for like a few weeks and then it's it, it hasn't fully come back yet, really. Yeah. Yeah, scary. Yeah. I was yeah, convinced well, that I caught it on tour actually. Um, Cause like for one day I got like super sick and it, but I was sick in Portland. And I remember I was like, you know, I was walking around the rain with two of my friends that live up there. And when I got back to the venue in the green room, I was like, I had like, I was kind of shaking a little bit because it was like chills, yeah. but I also hadn't slept the night before because that's that drive from uh, San Francisco to Portland, which is twelve hours. Oh, yeah. so and I, you know, <laughs> we, did, we broke it up in shifts, but I had the first shift, and then you know, trying to sleep and you know, so that that kind of probably contributed to it. But then sure. another day went by and I was fine, and you know, no one else, you know, everyone sort of got sick, but I think it was just like the normal stuff you get yeah. when you go on the road, you know. But they're saying too that they, a lot there's a um, a flu that is going around. I, I have a few friends here have caught it, and there's been some interesting articles about how like uh, our summer flu that kind of like hits around this time is like yeah. changing. So like people's illnesses and symptoms are changing as the as the like the the non-COVID kind of like normal seasonal illnesses that would roll through community. There's like now this now it, they're evolving in this other way, and um, it's gonna the, like epidemiologists are looking at that because it'll like it's gonna change. Like our sickness will change because of COVID. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Just, just got to keep uh, keep that immune system intact. You know, that's just right. Keep, oh yeah, staying healthy and you know keep yourself hitting the, like, hitting the sauna as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> Met the banya. <laughs> there's something to that though isn't there about about like heat and all that right yeah andre andre <laughs> got me into it actually andre knows a lot knows more about it than me but well, I, 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 I was I, I, leading, lead. I was leading towards andre because i know he's 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 that's some of his interests you know i know that you're into uh you know a lot of this like you do you know yoga and you would probably be someone that would know a lot about like you know sauna and how that affects your immune system and stuff like that I mean, I can't, I can, I can talk to you poorly about it scientifically, but I know that when, when I feel sick and I go to a good Russian sauna and we had one in Chicago, when I lived there, there was a place um, that the Chicago sweat lodge and I've, it, and it's really funny because I've run into all these um, famous people there. Like Lawrence Fishbourne was there oh, wow. sweating with me one day. I, I, he's not my friend. <laughs> But it was, cool to do <laughs> and it's just like going from this really hot, dry heat 
into this freezing cold water, it just makes you feel so relaxed and it's just without any, any drug. And it's, it's something that I can't, I can't get any other, other way. So um, now that I'm in, this, it just, everything comes out of you. Like you just sweat everything out, you know, yeah. it's like, sweat it out. Yeah. 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 It's, it's insane. It's really a, a crazy experience. Have you done it, Mike? Have you? No, I, the last time I went into a sauna when I, I was 17 years old and I was trying to cut weight for wrestling. And I think, uh, you know, all this, the, you know, the, the gear on and trying to sweat like five pounds of water out of my body. And I was like, <laughs> sure. that was the last time I think I'd ever really gone to uh, into a, a sauna. But I, I'm actually interested in checking that out, though, doing that hot. Well, the, well, the theory, the, and you, and you, in New York City, there's some great saunas. There's even like some co-ed saunas. Um, Andre has found, and um, but like the theory, right, is that like you expose yourself to all this intense heat, and then you expose yourself to this intense cold, and your blood circulation just like all the blood has to move super quick, um, and that really helps your circulation, obviously. Um, and I believe that kind of leads to like Andre, like I'm going to explain it poorly, but that leads to kind of like why there's these kind of health benefits because, you know, you normally the, you know, your blood's kind of in these normal routes that it's doing. And now you really like pushed it in an extreme way, um, to the surface toxins can come out. If you do some of the like Oak leaf kind of like oh, slapping, that's you know, kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so there's a lot, there's a lot to it. I mean, I definitely, you know, for me, that's my, I mean, I, I have a, a, a gym with a nice wet and dry sauna that I use all the time and they don't have a very, like a nice Russian sauna or a banyo will have like a, a pool, a cold pool that you kind of go into yeah. and, and, you, and it's, I mean, I don't know. It's 34 degrees, I think is what it is. They keep oh, wow. it at 34 degrees yeah. the yep. entire time. Like it's, it is measured. It's like they make sure yeah. that it doesn't go above or below. Yeah. And, and I can't, Andre, what, like those, the rooms at the sweat lodge there, they're like, they are, I mean, they're really fucking hot. I, like <laughs> there's, there's oh, yeah. different, there's different rooms yeah. for different types of heat, but the yeah. one that has the brick oven in it, that thing is like, it is a scorcher. I mean, you are, you can't be in there for more than like 10 minutes, you know, it's just, it's no, you shouldn't be. and then you go yeah. right out and they, you hit, don't even think about it. Just take your towel off and jump right into that 34 degree water. Yeah. And it it is it is some of the worst and best feeling together at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I should look into this. It sounds like yeah. how, how often do you do it? Do you do that? Like how often do you do I mean, that? honestly, I'll get on, you know, I'm in Albany. I'll get on the train. If you want to meet me in three hours, I will meet you in Wall Street. We'll have to I can use it. It's been all of COVID. I haven't gone there. I, but, I, uh, I I actually do it like three or four times a week. Um, at my at my sauna, like it's part of my workout routine. Like when I'm lifting weights or whatever, like I always kind of end with like, um, a, like a the dry sauna, cold shower, as cold as I can get it, and then the wet sauna, cold shower, and I, I feel great. Um, it's just part of my thing now. Um, and the, they, the, you know, it's it's not as extreme, you know, as like, as the Banya that, that we're talking about in Chicago or the ones you've been to in New York. Um, but, um, you know, it definitely does the job. I mean, it's still, it still is effective. It's a, it, the temperature of the sound is really high. It's just the, 
the shower can't be as cold as 30 it can't get to 34 you know it's not gonna they're not they don't care you know they, yeah, not, yeah. You'd, they, they'd have a they'd have a lot of complaints yeah. if it was a 34 <laughs> but it is and it's not a pool it's like a shower they don't have like that yeah. but um you know that's the benefit of of adding that into you know i think and um i don't know i, I it's definitely when i start i used to do it just when i would feel like i have a scratch scratchy throat just not feeling my best that's where i would go and i could feel i would feel great you know that would definitely feel a lot better um like on the men uh but now it's just something i do all the time for my muscles for whatever i'm doing but it's it's definitely a part of for me like probably three or four times a week i'm in the sauna that's awesome yeah i should have to look uh, into this yeah, so, go, I mean, there's a bunch of places to go in New York where, where I, the first place I took Terrence is we played in New York, I think it was about 10 years ago or so, a while. and we went to the, the 10th Street Mass, and it's a really old historic place. It's, I, I would, and this might be some fighting words for whoever's from New York that's listening to this, but I would say the Chicago Sweat Lodge is the best that I've been to because of the Whoa. quality of the heat, but the 10th Street Mass are great. And I got parents yeah. this plots massage, which is basically like the guy who uh, does massages. <laughs> he takes these birch leaves and he wrap they're they're wrapped in um in in, in, in into into like a bunch, and then they soak them in water. And uh, got him a massage, and he was like, "This is my first time here." And he just was in this room that was uh, it's it's really it's I think it's about 120, 140, 100, It's really hot. Um, 140 <laughs> degrees, I think it is. Um, and just beating the crap out of Terrence. And he, I've never seen someone do this before, but he took Terrence and he just, he was sweating and he just like crunched him up like an accordion. And I could hear his bones crack. And Terrence was like, slow. And then he threw him awesome. in the water. There's like some kind of like SM kind of scene going on. Like, <laughs> like, guy with a leather hood on when he did this to you. The guy was very nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> And he's, he's and he's doing he know like it was funny because like obviously the guy had done it for a while because he like I would be like I can't take the heat is too way too hot like I was like oh I get my head I'm like I'm gonna freak out and they had to dump water like cold there's a spigot this is on in the corner at these places with cold water and they just dump it on me and I was like all right I feel good I'm okay and he's like whipping me with his stick and like like you know and uh it, yeah it was great. <laughs> I think you. I think Mike and Andre should should definitely have a, a like a sauna date and do it. Yeah, I think that'd be great. It's awesome. It sounds interesting. Like I think I think I think I think you'd find a lot of benefit. I actually like. You gotta feel it. Yeah. You feel also, great. I feel it's like I'm 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 Andre kind of got me and and Stephen into it. Um, and I often find like, cause people will ask me at the gym, like, what are you doing? And I'll be like, oh, you know, you have to go into the cold and they're just sitting there in like their gym clothes and like the song, like, what do you do? Like, what are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> you're going to die. Like, it's like, and I'll be like, you know, you, there's, a, there's a method to this. Like, you know, you don't just, yeah, like, so, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll share like different things or whatever, 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 but you know, it's like, there's, there's a concept to it, you know? What's no, funny yeah, I'm, I'm down, totally down. I live near the 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 Mass Mocha, the Massachusetts Museum of Contemporary Art now. And, the, and a couple of years ago, there was this Taryn Simon piece that was called a cold hole, and it was basically looked like a, a meat locker without any meat in it. It was just this total like you could see through an aperture 
the room, it's just all white. And in the middle is this, this square hole um, and it's just freezing cold water. And I got to um, jump into the water as part of her piece, which was awesome. Um, and so basically it was, it was a bunch of very young girls, mostly that were looking through this aperture. And I come out in my, in my shorts and I jump in the water and I really like swimming in cold water. And most people jump in and they're like right back out, but I jumped in and then I just was like hanging out there for, I hung out there for a while. And all you can hear with my, you know, in the video is like all these young girls going like, Ooh, <laughs> is he okay? Is he going to come out? And then I finally come out and I'm like feeling great. <laughs> I, sh I don't know. It's on video. It's kind of fun. It was a, gr it was a, it was a great art piece. <laughs> Earlier on, you guys mentioned Jay when you go into the studio. Did you record with Jay Robbins in Baltimore? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, VJ yeah. Robbins. Yeah. That's that's a pretty uh, you know pretty pretty storied uh, producer engineer to work with for sure. And he, uh, he, I mean, he's a, a friend of mine. It's someone I really enjoy uh, being around in Baltimore. Um, it's been super exciting to see like Jawbox get back together, and uh, you know they just played. Um, Primavera uh, Festival, um, and uh, you know Jay's just a great artist um, and just a really great person. And I worked with him on a Holy Circle record, and um, you know I really just liked his approach. And you know I thought he reminded me of like you know like someone like Greg Norman at Electrical or something. He's very intelligent, knew everything they were doing, and and wasn't afraid to kind of like say like put their two cents in when it was necessary and um, was a, a good collaborator. And, and um, when we were thinking about doing this record, I, I put out Jay and um, everybody thought that was cool. And, and it became, uh, you know, a pretty great experience. I think working with him definitely, as Steven was saying, like, you know, the kind of like how good we feel about it. A lot of it was because Jay was, you know, he would raise his hand and offer suggestions and yeah and he yeah, was he, like this soundboard yeah he was enthusiastic to to you know like help like you know or help with ideas or a suggestion or something like that and i i like that you know yeah. i i really appreciate that and yeah and he was he is a great great person to work with i've only had that one experience um but i would love to record with him again at some yeah. point you know uh yeah and he's just very very comfortable and that studio was really great as well I yeah really I mean, that's it. right here that's right yeah. here that's yeah. Cage is, yeah. is awesome it's like um and it's strange because like he does so many different bands and projects and like uh you know, obviously, a Clutch is probably like the most famous uh, to like Against Me to a lot more like indie rock, kind of the DC scene. But like, you know, his he is just uh, just so open and and um, I mean, I, on day one he's wearing the Einstein's the Neubauten shirt, and I was like, all right, it's gonna be a yeah. great, gonna be a great yeah. weekend. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. and that was his actually, it was his Holy Grail band, and he and I I'm so happy for him because he got to play. Primavera with Einstein and Annoy Bout. Oh, wow. He got to see five songs before he had to go do sound check. I checked in with him. I was like, how'd it go? He's like, I saw five songs. And then I had to go sound check. And I was like, that's how it is, you know, like, but he was so happy because I guess 
he had told me he'd miss them every time they had played on the East Coast. Like he wasn't able to be there um, or whatever. And so he was really happy. Mm. That was, and that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And Jay's great. Yeah. yeah. So now you, you know guys us? showed up with like a blank page basically when you went to the studio, right? Now, yeah. Had- I mean, it was, there was like, um, there was like faint outlines. Yeah. We actually had like, a, like uh, the day before we went in, we, we, had a little jam session in my basement yeah. and kind of wrote the first track of the record. Yeah, we had some, some sketched it out. A little bit. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. But there were no yeah, like demos. Was, like you didn't have demos of any of the no, no, no. In your head, you had these ideas, right? Yeah. Now had yeah. you have you worked like that on previous records? You know, because I have to say that. You know, yeah, obviously the other other records you guys have, there's a song structure, but there there does always seem to be a little bit of room for improvisation on all the Locrian records. I've, I'm familiar with. Yeah, yeah, there there is for sure. I mean, I mean, I for me, it seems like like when we've gone in here at Electrical with Greg or whatever for um, like Return to Annihilation or Infinite Dissolution, uh, there is may you know we at that point we were able to get together on a regular basis pretty much and practice a little bit um but we would still go in i would say like 60 40 almost like 60 percent hey we have these songs songs or ideas or like three songs that were we know exactly how we want and then we got a couple like random tidbits that we're like, okay, well, let's just get yeah. in there and just like mess with stuff. And then we create the song from some from these little tidbits and stuff, you know, just like our little things or we'll just yeah. create something out of the blue, you know, like, so that's how I, I mean, my experience. Yeah, there's always something that's improvised at some, there's always like, a, a, like even on Return to Annihilation, there's moments where we were just like, this is the drone and we're going to do minimal yeah like playing minimal intervention and then the next part is is the third part of the movement that is this riff this song this you know like yeah and um so we always have and i think for us it is like i mean when we play live there's always kind of room like like we'll have like the song we're playing and we'll have like and then we're just going to end this when it feels good you know like and if the crowd's like feeling it and we keep going and then suddenly then we find a new harmony or a new thing in there like the beat shifts a little bit it's like we start to find these little things and obviously haven't been able to do that that much because of covid and stuff with live stuff but that was how it worked kind of previously would be live a a song would kind of start to have new life new character we played out all the ideas now we still keep going and we're trying something else or looping a different thing and oh hey that's even more interesting like let's let's maybe do that one next time and um even that even the the improv elements of our live sets like not knowing exactly how some things are like creating something that day or like when we did road burn i remember we like (laughs) create we're like just came up with some of these ideas just like in the rehearsal room before we went on. Yeah. Oh, wow. So yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, the day before we played Roadburn, we hadn't played live music in the same room in probably six months or a year. And we just showed up in Europe with our equipment. We had one practice and we're like, let's write a new song. And Drew from Relapse was there and he was like, you guys are going to write a new song? We we're like, yeah. Why not? <laughs> oh man! He's like, I got to see how the sausage was made. <laughs> and then on this record, we we came into it and we were like, let's. I mean, the three of us were like, let's do an ambient record. And we were we were listening to Thomas Koner's Permafrost album, which is just a very very subtle album. And um, probably if we had like a manager, they would go like, hey, you just did Infinite Disillusion, which is your most like direct album. Maybe now is not the time to do this uh, ambient <laughs> album. But we were like, this is what we want to do. We're going to do it. We've got more direct riffs that we're going to release at some point. But uh, I mean, there's yeah. and, and then just evolved. Like Steven didn't even bring his drums, but then we ended up using he ended up using some drums and and working yeah, with there at the studio yeah. oh wait so you showed up at the studio with no drums as the drummer no no oh i was no. like <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah I, that's I brought um I, I brought my stick bag and um <laughs> and, that's awesome. and just a, a bunch of elect a bunch of electronics in my suitcase <laughs> that was it <laughs> I love yeah. that. That's so, uh, that, that's yeah. like uh, you know, that that's some that's some freedom right there, man, for sure. Yeah, because I mean, I, I I knew that like if I needed to, he's got a selection of of kits, like I'm a sure symbol. Yeah. I'm just like whatever. Um, so, yeah. but I, I I in the end I I did end up using some drums there. So <laughs> yeah, we we had we used some drum machines, some drums. It was you know a lot of like. You know, kind of neat. Uh, Steven had this great, you know, he was kind of glitching things and with his electronics. And yeah, I was like, yeah, so it, like someone would put something down and we like feed it back. And then uh, like Steven was like recording what was being fed back on the speaker and then making something new from that. And that would either fit into the song or become the basis or the foundation of another. It was just, really fun honestly like to kind of like just have all these textures and you know we could kind of shape it into whatever we wanted it to be around the theme and around like um you know <clears throat> wherever it was going and just like like andre play that i you know want to try this on acoustic guitar why don't you try you know like and he's like i'm trying on the bass and it was just like it was great just to kind of have that freedom yeah. um you it know was. And, Andre, did you bring a guitar to this, to this session? <laughs> I did bring a guitar, but I, I used my amp. I think I just was like, let's see what amps we've got at the studio. And I plugged into a bunch of amps that I'd never used before. And it just was uh, an element of like surprise that was fun to play with. And I had these new pedals from Chase Bliss that I was excited about. Uh, and those pedals are amazing there's so yeah, many yeah. things you can do with them and um what, what's yeah. that company again the chase bliss chase, chase bliss yeah yeah um yeah we uh got in touch with them they made they made this pedal this pedal called the mood it's like this mini <laughs> looper and um andre andre got that for the for we were recording and and they had this beautiful like my favorite reverb is this reverb they made called dark world that's like oh. 
Love this it. is epic, gorgeous, like Hall Weaver that's like infinite. You have all this control. Then you have this, like, essentially, like a delay channel and like kind of like delay, tape delay effects. And, and all their pedals are like two effects. And you okay. kind of like choose the dominance of the effect. Um, and then, like, or like what's feeding into the other thing, or like have them both be like simultaneous. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, but they do like a million other things too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. And then they have these dip switches on the back that you have to like, if you play with those, I found out my delay, my reverb pedal has a tremolo into it. And I was like, this is amazing. It's like great. It was, and it's really, and you can mess around with the timing of the tremolo. It's, I, I, I really like it's like very, like I'm making it sound not very intuitive, but it's like very, it's like very like, intuitive and kind of like like it's like a lot of expression i don't i don't know it's like it's not like just plugged in the boss and like turn the knob and there you go you know it, it's like it's like you really have to kind of like fiddle and play and kind of switch things and then you start to hear and you have to and i just take a ton of pictures like it's, i'm like what did i just do and i'll take pictures to be like remember what i did because there's just so many settings that you can kind That's, of i have to do the same thing i have to take photos like on my phone to, yeah. to remember yeah, yes. if I want to call back that sound, I'll be like, "Oh my gosh," you know, and and it's a, it's a great, it's a really great uh, pedal. And Andre has a few more, I think, than I than I do, but um, but they're they're really great. I've been thinking about getting into pedals more again. I mean, there was a period in the last few years where I, I wasn't really using a lot of effects, so I was just using very subtle effects. But now I don't know. I'm in the mood to. Uh, I would kind of I experiment would more with, with reverbs and things like that. Yeah, I would recommend that Dark World will do some great stuff. It's a wonderful pedal. I like it. It's a wonderful, it's a digital reverb, but it does some really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then I have the their new delay pedal, the Habit pedal. And it's just, you can use it and, and, and use it simply and it can be very intuitive or you can just create these really long loops that react in these really spontaneous ways. I always really liked the playing of David Torn, who's, uh, who's like played with like David Bowie and he used to do these really tweaky things to his, um, his delay devices. And I, I always heard those records and, and just the delay was so spontaneous um, and unpredictable. And um, of course he had these delays that were um, modified by, by experts, but now yeah. the habit pedal, it's just like you can kind yeah. of emulate those sounds and you just never know what you're going to get. It's such a cool pedal. And that's from that same outfit, that same company. Makes Chase sense. Bliss. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's a Chase, is it Chase Bliss? Or is it yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I gotta, I gotta look Chase, like Chase your Bliss. Chase your Bliss. <laughs> okay. There you go. Yeah. Chase, Chase Bliss. Yeah. 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 So in, the, in this in this uh, scenario that in the recording studio now who goes first? That's the thing I was thinking about. This you guys all just get together in the room together, or is it like, okay, this is my idea? You know, well, it it's like what do we? Where I was like, what do we feel like? Sometimes like some of these tracks, was, I remember being like, man, I'm tired. I don't feel like starting this one out. So Terrence and Stephen started out, or other ones. It was it was it was all of us together, uh, okay. but. So it is, it is almost like a live kind of, I'm just so fascinated with this process, honestly. That's why I'm asking these questions, even though they might, they might seem, you know, to you guys, like, why are you asking? I'm asking. No, it's, 
I, it's actually like interesting because it's like we <clears throat> we don't really talk. I mean, in and for us, we don't really talk about it that much. Like it's kind of like we just got together and it was like just was like creation. Like we just started making stuff, uh-huh. and and then and then like you'd have you have these minutes of sound and you start being like, well, how should it start and how should it end and where should it go and what should what should divide up this time and what's the middle? What you know, it's like you start thinking about time and and. And then someone has an idea, like I have this thing, I have this, uh, like I have this sample, I have this riff, I have this synth sound that I really like, or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, Stephen, you're gonna say something. <clears throat> I mean, to interrupt. You. Oh no, it's it's. I mean, just for something like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, for this last for this for the new record was a little more challenging for me uh, because it, I was basically just doing more electronics, like you're saying, like just getting a feed from the from the board, um, pumping that into like my mixer and running it through like electronics, like pedals and iPad, you know, shit like that. And then pumping it back out and maybe in, into like Terrence, it goes into Terrence, yeah. his synths. But so it's a little trickier, but like, you know, in this type of scenario of improvising, like on the last couple records, it was a little different because I'm sitting, I, I have my kit, you know, so it's a little, I, I feel like I can do more, like ideas come quicker when, when, you know, I can, you know, play something, you know, like a whatever beat, you know, like yeah. um, to help with the idea. But for this, it was just a little more challenging because I'm like, well, you know, I won't, I've only got so many things, you know, like, you know, like sample samples of drums, samples of uh, of my drums of uh, or of you know I, Terrence I feel that or Andre. Stephen yeah. actually started a lot of the. Like, would you'd have a cool sample that you would be have been like manipulating the whole time, and you would be like, "I have this thing," and we'd be like, "That's great," and yes. that would be like the yeah. the foundation would be yeah. this like ambient dark thing that Stephen had had been yeah. making. While we were yeah, like that, deliberating, you know? yeah, yeah, no, or or while you guys were recording, like I would start something, I, like I would like I have this thing, and I would record it, and then Andre or Terrence would be like, okay, I have an idea, and then once they do that, I put it on headphones and I start working on the thing for the next track. <laughs> so like I'm not not quite. I'm like, okay, they're doing their thing. I'm gonna just like here work on my uh, my thing. <laughs> this, this reminds me of like an MS Teams meeting, you know, like if I'm like there's like a presentation. <laughs> You know, because Andre raises it like you know, like there's like the little hand that goes up. Okay, yes, Andre, what's up? <laughs> I try, to, I try to be like uh, polite in these things. So I think we're making it too complicated. We had a theme for this record when we were in the studio. Four words: What would Blixa do? We and we didn't we watch that. We watched the uh, we watched. The, the Patreon that they did, um, yeah. and and that was like uh, that was kind of a uh, and, and and Jay is a big fan, and I think Jay brought it up on his computer. When we were in the studio, and we were talking about it, like that. Uh, well, uh, well, no, because it was like they have three hundred cards, and like two hundred of the cards say "Do what Blixer tells you to do" or whatever. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys yeah, seen, have you guys all seen Neubauten perform live? Never. Uh, not that i can remember no i mean i i i don't think so no but i i did do a i did do a uh i played a show i played a festival in latvia in riga 
where um, that same night uh, Blixta played. He did a solo. Oh, he was a headliner, and when we were playing, we opened. Uh, but his his set was pretty incredible. But I've never oh, yeah. seen Neubauten. Yeah, so yeah. I, I saw them in, uh, in. We played at Roskilde Festival um, a few years ago. They we got we came in early because they played the day before we were scheduled to play. So we flew in the day before and we arranged to have a room for an extra day there. And, and I was like, I don't care. Regardless, we got to see no matter yes. what, we got to see this set. So yeah, it was, it was pretty incredible, man. Unfortunately, they went on early. They went on in like, it was still, well, it was summertime. So light, the daylight lasts a long time, but there, it was daylight when they played, which was not oh. optimal. You know what I mean? Yes. But it was, uh, it was great. I never thought I'd get a chance to see Neubauten perform. Yeah, I I had bought tickets to that. They were going to be touring the U.S. Yeah, and then uh, I was. I mean, we were super stoked. Like I finally. And then, uh, well, you know, then they canceled. <laughs> so. You know, I found when I was a teenager, I I found that they played the nine either the nine thirty club, and I would visit my parents in Virginia, and I found this. I, I've been like cataloging my records on Discogs and I found this LP and I can't remember what LP it was, maybe like the Vera Groningen LP or something like that. And inside was an old 930 club schedule that I would save over the summer and I'd visit my family. And I, I missed them. I realized I missed them by like a week that I, I, I had to go home to my mom in Florida or whatever. And that was the only time I came close. And it's like probably, uh, you know, one of the most, in, like when I was really young, I had a, my friend's older sister played like Strategies Against Architecture 2 for us or something like that. And I was like, I'm in. Like, I was like, I, you know, it blew my mind. Like, I, I was like all in the grunge. And then I heard that and I was like, what? You know, like and it was it, it just blew my mind. Yeah. And so I love I love to see them at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that that's um, that's a band like it's, you know, it's there's people who like that stuff and people who don't. You know what I mean? And it's that's yeah. almost like you can you can divide artists yeah. and musicians into the two camps in some ways, you know. And it's not even like a, a judgment on them as creative people, but it's just like <clears throat> you're going along your life, you're listening to Black Flag and Slayer and all this stuff, and, and then one day you, you discover like Neubauten, Swans, Coil, and it either you either get on board with it or you don't. And I, I just think it's cool yeah. whenever you know other people have the same kind of musical interests, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty. And I I feel too. What's interesting is, like, I think as I'm as I'm getting older, I'm like, you look at a band like that that's lived that's been around for so long, and it's still so creative and so like like it feels like it feels very vibrant like it feels like there's like a ton of ideas just like in the, they're just like like have working off and it's like you hope when you've been playing any music not even with the same people but you just hope that there's that much creativity in in you know what i mean like that you can maintain that level of like engagement and um creativity and just like have people you can bounce ideas off of and you know like have this you know like i mean make a you know about the letters of Wilhelm in World War One or whatever the heck they did. It's like, what? Do you, okay, and it's like amazing. It's phenomenal. You know, like you hear it, and you're like, yeah, like why not? Like you know, like but yeah. to you know, you hope that <clears throat> your creative life 
could be that like in depth and vibrant, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one good thing about Neubahn is they've had their evolution has been interesting. It's always been like, it, I've enjoyed it since, yeah. you know, since I, since I started listening to them and then going back to the early records, you know, way before I would have ever listened to them, but just, just like that whole evolution. I think it's, it's, it's pretty impressive, you know, and, and captivating, you know, I, I still am. I'm like, I, I like where all the stages that they've gone through and I like where they're going, you know, yeah. I, I enjoy it a lot. So they're definitely a band you feel like, oh, I slept like, you're like, oh, you know, like if you sleep on a record and you come back to it, you're like, what was I doing? Why did I not listen to this when yeah. it came out? This is amazing. You know, like, yeah. and now I'm just saying that's like, if I see it, I'm going <clears> to <throat> grab, I just grab everything. Like, well, okay, got it. Like, it's going to be great. There's a lot for sure. You know? so much. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, live bootlegs, like all sorts of stuff out yeah. there for sure. <laughs> so, Low Green has always been just the three of you guys, right? No, uh, <laughs> no. Okay. It's, it started. It started with uh, just Terrence and Andre. Just Andre and I, and then um, Stephen joined in 2008. Is that my right? Yeah, 2010. 2010. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe the end of 2009. Yeah. Because <clears throat> uh, I joined when you were recording the Crystal World, and that's, that's when right. I, the, yeah. I, I played on that. So it was like a, a week yeah. before we went into the studio to do the Crystal World, and we had like this list of uh, releases that we were planning to do, and we we're like, "Ah, oh, next one's the Crystal World." And we're like, you know, Stephen, I think went to our show. I think it was the show that we played with Anatomy of Habit and Pharmacon at the Bottle, and we kind of we had an instrumental or a, a version of that album that Terrence and I composed uh for our set and then we went into the studio and then things evolved and you know i it's, I, i'd seen steven play in, in haptic and haptic was always a, a group that i just loved and i always saw steven's playing and i was like i don't think this guy's gonna want to play with us but uh <laughs> he, he could he could play like heavy stuff but he like one of the things that i think is so amazing about his playing is that unlike many drummers and I'm not saying this about drummers that I've played with in the past, but just in general, Steven tends to know when not to play. And so Steven came in and he yeah, yeah. did like all this amazing stuff. And I, I really, you know, appreciated uh, playing with them ever since. And, and like the, the relay record and stuff is great on that too. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I enjoy that stuff. I, I think, I think for me too, I think I saw haptic. They did, they well, you guys in a residency at the contemporary, the Museum of Contemporary Art? Was that, yeah. you remember that one? I think that's the first yeah, time I saw you. You play, and and I think Andre had been like, "We should talk to Stephen." And I was like, "About drums?" Because you had just like electronics at the time, and I was like, "I mean, yeah. I'm into it." Like I was like, I actually like didn't go and be like, "Well, he can't play drums." I remember being like, "That works. That is the kind of guy we need that can have like yeah. a table of electronics and his drum kit." I was like, "I love it," and I love and then, like yeah. like Andre like. Haptic, we really looked up uh, to Haptic and that that at that time and Thanks. Um, you know it was definitely like and, um, Mark, Mark Solitroff is the one who who really connected us together. I blame yeah. Mark. Yeah. <laughs> bloody minded, uh, not to be a habit. I didn't realize that not to be a habit was around that long. Two thousand nine. 
Yeah. Really? We played their first show, I think. Oh, wow. Before that, they were called Animal. Well, it was a different project called Animal Law, and Animal yeah. Law was great too. Um, but um, Anatomy of Habit—they've just been like super tight and focused ever since they started. Well, it seems like it, and their new album is just phenomenal. It's like yeah, that's really yeah. Wow. I should have Mark on the yeah. podcast, actually. You should. I mean, that's a great yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see him all the time when we're in Chicago, actually. So I should have just have him yeah. on the show. I mean, he's <laughs> he's at he's at every show here yeah, in Chicago. I, I, don't know, that. I don't know how he sure. does it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when does the full record release happen? Like, when is when is the record officially going to be out? August twelfth. Okay. Are there any more singles that are going to be dropping prior to that? In July, we'll have one more. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it, and it, uh, I, I should also say, so it is actually um, two records. Um, so it, it, the main record, uh, New Catastrophism, is these four songs. And we also recorded a companion kind of drone piece called Ghost Frontiers um, that um kind of like in the mod kind of like we wanted to kind of give a nod to the some of our old older fans that were with us for a while um and we made like a kind of over the week and that we recorded we would record these different tones and drones and bits and pieces and uh really shape this this piece into something interesting and then we kind of reversed it for the b set for the second movement it's the forward drone in reverse um and uh um, oh you just gave it away god dang it no am i not supposed to say that <laughs> just no i'm just kidding <laughs> it's pretty easy to figure it out <laughs> yeah yeah no, I mean, but, it's, it's kind of like it's like a, a tip of the hat to the uh, uh no pussy footing uh release a little yeah. bit like how they uh, on the reissue they uh had the track the same tracks but just played in reverse uh, on, yeah. for the second disc so yeah. uh, i i kind of wanted i thought that'd be a great idea so yeah although, you know, although i remember the sst had the first self-titled sonic youth cassette the b-side was the a-side in reverse and i always loved that oh. like i had that when i was like a teenager and i was like what the heck and it was like so weird <laughs> I remember, that was like that's pretty cool like, you know, like, and it's like you know yeah. pretty rhythmic yeah. record you know yeah Yes. So, so the two separate releases, though, right? Or can no, you buy them together? No. Or like, what's the, the the CD version is gonna uh, the Digipack is gonna have the CD, but then there's gonna be a, a pouch in it okay. that has the, the second CD, and nice. then the L, the LP version is just the 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 main record, and then there's a nice fancy little download card in it. Uh, that you get Ghost Frontiers uh, as a download. Yeah. So if you want an actual physical of Ghost Frontiers, you're going to have to go with the uh, the CD version. Each each the, each drone's like over thirty is like over thirty minutes or so. It's around thirty minutes. And, and kind of it's kind of retro, you know, having the CD package as like the you know a yeah. retro. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's a, it's it's a bargain. So uh, you get a lot of music, <laughs> a lot of great sure. drums. Yeah, that you was. Remember there was that one shellac record where you bought the vinyl, and then there was a CD. Oh yeah, one thousand hertz. One thousand hertz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. So, yeah. There's a few of those. There's a, 
there's a few of those uh, like I, I think i have like a cave record they did the same thing yes. came with a cd and yeah. and in the uh, or whatever yeah i was working at touch and go when um that uh 1000 hertz was you know being released and uh that was such a huge hush hush like do not say anything you know all the lp versions are going to come with the cd version we don't want the public to know because you know and it was like <laughs> and wow. it was it was all is all done in kind of like secret everyone everyone pitched in to put the whole box set together and throw that cd in there it was wow. pretty it was cool it was cool that's cool so yeah Funny about shellac because I, I I like you know I know that I like shellac but I never realized how much I like them until I revisit their material. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? It's oh, like yeah. in my mind they're like, oh yeah, I love I love Steve Albini's work and shellac's a great band. But then yeah. one day I'll sit down, oh you know what I want to hear this one. I want to hear the squirrel song, right? Yeah. And then I'll like <laughs> I'll sit down and then the whole record just it just goes and I'm like, man, I, I yeah. forgot how much I love that album. Oh yeah. And th there's such great players. I mean, they are so tight, like, and to watch them is just incredible. Like it is just blows my mind. Yeah. They are super tight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I respect the, all those guys a lot. So, yeah. so this Good record's stuff. on profound lore. So we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. change up changing the guard here a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, well, we've worked with Chris before on the Mammifer collaboration. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of someone who's always been supportive and kind of like whatever projects that are non-locating, he's always kind of been listening and kind of interested and always kind of kept in touch. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it made kind of most sense, I think, as we were looking for a home for the record, you know, like it was just yeah. like, we've dealt with Chris before and we know, you know, and obviously it's yeah. been, and I, and there's a lot of releases too, like the hissing record. Uh, those things have just been like, yeah. like some of my favorite. I mean, I think they're a phenomenal band. Um, you know, he's put, uh, he puts out great stuff. I mean, and the yeah. I like the, the variety, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. he has that band uh, executioner's mask, which I really, Oh yeah. 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 Great. Love that. Yeah. Isn't yeah. yeah. I think Menestroen is on the, the, the label too. I don't think it is. No, I'm wrong. I don't, I don't, maybe they were, but um, well, I mean, like Photo Crime, that's Ryan's that's band. Ryan, yep. yeah. yeah, they're phenomenal. And Population yeah. 1280, they're, they're yeah. great. Vora. Vora. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. like probably one of my favorite bands. Of, yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Forever. Yeah. He did, the, yeah. he did the new, have you heard the new Blacklist? Yeah, he did the new Blacklist that um, that's. Yeah. Before Josh did Vara, that was like uh, that's how we met Josh from oh, Vara yeah. was was through Blacklist um, when they were we played like a weird we, record we played with weird records we did it was Marshall oh, wow. Row, Vara yeah. and um, Alan's band and Nah it was and a nah. really <laughs> yeah. that was a crazy show that was good that, that was, was a lot of fun it was, really was like the show we show wanted to see. I don't know if that's what everybody else wanted to see, but we did. And I don't think yeah. other people really wanted to see that show, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but we've been friends with Alan Dubin for a while. And not, when Nas started, that was really cool. And and um, yeah. that record was great. They were phenomenal. Yeah. That was a great set. Oh, yeah. 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 That kind of I miss those. I miss those. It's like, I know, like, shows have, you know, come back, but I feel like, Nights like that, 
haven't come back yet. I feel like, you know, having shows like that have at least, yeah. In, yeah. you know, in, in New York, you know, you know, there's all these new venues in New York. I don't know if you guys knew about it. Yeah. It's like, I, I've seen a few things, but like I saw like knitting factory closed and stuff like, or is about to or whatever, like, and you know, it's, I think it's gotta be tough after you come back from COVID. If you survived, it's just gotta be impossible. Um, you know, like, do you have your staff that you trusted and your sound person and your bartenders who are awesome? And, you know, like, I don't know, it's just the, and then you got to deal with, I mean, you know, the financial side, then it's kind of like running a business mm. and then like, all right, you do a weird, can you afford to do a show that's weird? You know, like, yeah, no, that's you know, the main like, thing too. To yeah. do shows, do nights like that where you're not guaranteed to have like, you know, sell out crowd or anything. Yeah. I'm glad St. Vitus made it through it. I'm really, really glad. That yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. But yeah. But what was that venue that we played? That was that was something like Europa or something? What was so the that? So that was, yeah, that was before St. So that's, remember, we went to St. Yeah. Vitus. They were at yeah, the they show took, and they took, they us, took us to the bar. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was yeah. like still, still under construction. They're like, oh, you oh know, wow. So we, we were still, we were drinking there. Something. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember it, but. But I, I, I vaguely remember because I drank too much, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, yeah. It, I, yeah, I remember that. And then I, I actually played a solo set, the first Vita show with liturgy white ring and Robert Lo, and Rob Lowe played. And it oh, was like, sweet. It was, I flew me out for that when it was a lot of fun. Um, and just the excitement yeah. and really cool lineup um, too. And it was, it was really, really, really great. Um, and they've always been so good to us it's a, such a great room you know it looks different now oh yeah it's like yeah it's like uh they remodeled the inside of the room and it's, wow it's uh really oh. it's a little different mm. yeah mm. yeah i've been to a couple of shows there over the last few months since the, you know beginning of the year wow <clears throat> so that's recently though like in the last year yeah i feel like maybe over the pandemic they remodeled the insides yeah. oh, okay that and, makes um, sense yeah, so it's, you know, it has a different, the vibe is a little different, you know what I mean? I don't know. Hmm. I, I'm not saying it's better or worse. I'm saying it's different. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do all you guys have an art background? You know, like. I, I think, <laughs> me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Parents, I'm, I'm a social science uh, scientist. I'm in a PhD program right now doing uh, basically like look, using an anthropological perspective to look at higher education policy. So uh, my background is in yeah social sciences really. And uh, we both, Terrence and I both used to teach at an arts and media college at Columbia College Chicago. Right. Um, so he would teach in the, in the fine arts, I not all yeah. over it. I would teach in the, the, the humanities, history and social sciences department. And now like I've got students who have done like really amazing records. Like um, one of my ex-students is on another label that has some really pretty disturbing covers on Profound Lore. Um, I'm- Pissgrave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're great. They're, they're such a good band. Yeah, yeah they're such a good band. Those covers, yeah. I'm like, oh man. And then um, Ian Wellman is another one of my ex-students who uh, is on Touch and he's just does all these field recordings. Mm. And I'm just like so proud of uh, uh, and room yeah. forty. He's on he's on Lawrence English's uh, oh, room he's forty on as well too. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah that guy's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Cool. Is there any uh, tour plans or anything like that when the record comes out? Shows, mm. live things. We're working on it. It's it's uh we have to have another we have to get through uh announcing. <laughs> now we'll yes. we'll uh we are hoping that we'll be able to. It's definitely um yes. that's that's a discussion now, kind of, you know, like yeah. what 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 we should be like doing uh shows and and how do we want to go about doing these shows given the given how this record is and you know so like and the logistics of everything andre yes do you want to speak oh i just wanted to take this moment to say ethan at heavy talent is our booking agent in the u.s so if there are people who are interested in booking yeah. us yes. contact ethan and then also we have a new website it's uh locrianofficial.com and you can get to our uh, bands in town app and request to see us so that helps us create demand so that we can get paid to um or, uh, or just or just expenses. contact us and say, hey, we want to set up a show. <laughs> yeah. Here's fifty dollars. Drive three states away to play my yeah, piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Will there be well, beer? <laughs> no, it's, maybe, it, maybe not that. But. I would I would definitely yeah. like like to. I think I think it's definitely, you know, I mean, I mean, Mike, I'm sure you have to deal with it too. It's like you are seeing bands who make it through their tour play all their dates and you see bands who are like halfway through and they're like we're sick we can't play for a week and we're done and you know we gotta come back or whatever and it's it's kind of like it's hard to i don't know and i'm still even on the fence like i wasn't i went to death fest on the outdoor stage and i love doing outdoor shows at the moment and I wasn't, I, I, my friend bought me a, a, a really nice friend bought me a ticket to see Voivod and I was like super stoked and they're amazing, but I wasn't going to go cause it was indoors, but he'd already bought me the ticket. So I went, I'm glad I went, they were amazing and had a great time, mm -hmm. but it was definitely like that. Like, I don't know, like the, you know, being indoors yeah. and the mask and the whole deal. And um, so yeah. definitely it's kind of like a conversation we're still trying to like navigate, like for ourselves, yeah. for all the, for all the traveling we have to do, even just to get together. It's a lot of traveling for everybody. The, the logistics. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I would like to try to maybe even do unique, uh, like shows in unique spaces, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be like a proper venue, you know, just like something like a good sound system, but right. you know, something different, something unique. To, to yeah. do the stuff like for from the material from this record, you know, that would be great. But I, I, I know me, I want to focus on trying to record the next record, you know, oh, wow. like go in and, and like go in and do it. I want to do another record like soon, you yeah. know, because uh, we have <laughs> yeah. this material, we have this material, like we were saying earlier, like from Pre seven years of demos yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like that demos, you know riffs and and yes ideas and yeah we've so been covering we, this coil song so we're like we really want to record this coil song that we've been covering and you know yeah uh, yeah so love being in the studio and creating what so uh, that, what, that's coil song? What, what coil song are you guys covering solar lodge oh yeah okay yeah, yeah. that's cool i'm sure you guys do your own completely different thing with it though it's yeah i feel like it's pretty kind close, close. <laughs> it gets okay. close but yeah 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 i mean right. it is, yeah yeah 
We're also going to do something for Prostate Cancer Awareness Month, uh, the anal staircase. Just I was going to say that Coil <laughs> yeah. probably has like, a, a lot of material you can cover for that. <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't have plans to do that. But yeah. Seriously, get Actually, I, I'll give a plug so the, the new stuff can uh, Drew's Drew from Motmos's, uh Project Stopping Truth. He released a cover of the anal staircase. It's really, really cool. It, it's on oh, the he new did. One that, yeah, yeah. It's on the new uh, like CD. There's like um, so there's like a CD EP that just came out, and then there's a full length that Erica sings on a few tracks on the on the next one. It's very disco, okay. very like deep house. Like, um, cool. it's really cool. But the EP he put out, I he been telling me he's, he's had this cover for like years. He's been kind of like playing around with so. I, it's cool it got out there finally. Um, so yeah, give, it a, good. give it a chance to listen to it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I'm a big I fan of Erica's voice, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I really, yeah. really enjoy uh, the Holy Circle stuff quite a bit. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think I randomly texted you one night about, about the band, too. And I was like, I, I was listening to them. And I think you I were. Texted, <laughs> I was like, do you consider yourself minimal electronics or something like that? I'll have to send you the new record. It's not so minimal electronics anymore. It kind of got maximal, uh, I don't know, rock. Really? <laughs> yeah, you got to hear this okay. new record. It sounds great, man. Thank you. Yeah. Your yeah. voice sounds yeah. really good. And just all the guitars just sound really like lush. And Terrence is playing guitar. And he actually used to play guitar in Locrain with me. And I did. Really I did. I gave up. <laughs> Because Andre's a shredder. Like, Andre really is really good. And I don't know, it's kind of like when you can focus on, I really wanted to be better at synthesizers and electronics, and I really wanted to focus on that. Um, and, and Andre had that extra string, so you knew you couldn't compete. I was like, he has seven. What am I going to do? Am I play five? <laughs> but uh, no, it, it, was, it, was, it was like a thing I did, and I... I it, I don't know. I just was like, I, I got better at synths and wanted to focus on the, on like playing all these analog synths and tapes. And once you start getting all these things, you got to click and press and stuff. You, you know, you're not going like, to reach for a guitar. No. Um, but, but yeah, with Holy Circle, I, I play a guitar a lot more. And so it's, I, I, I don't even have distortion in my chain. It's just all reverbs and delays and tremolos and stuff. Like it's very. Like, was you, you guys had a, a guitar player though. There was that dude with the leather yeah, jacket. and Rob, 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 and I play guitar together. Yeah, and he, okay. he has like eight. He has like eight fuzz pedals in his chain, so he's like ridiculous. Like, like yeah, yeah, it's like over the top. It's great. So that's our contrast. It's like big, heavy distortion and this pretty like lead. That's like the the thing. But yeah, yeah. That one time I saw you guys in that basement out there in that the basement room of that bar. That was great. Art bar, yeah. Look forward to yeah. seeing you guys. Looking forward to seeing Holy Circle play as well, too. Thank great you. To yeah. See you guys at some point. You know. It'd be great. We are you, to, are, hey, uh, Mark, are, Mark, are you coming out here to Chicago anytime? On that, tour? That, that tour that I told you about will be in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. In okay, good. Summer. Yeah. Sweet. That's going to be a good. fun time in Chicago, for sure. Yeah, great. Chicago's uh, a pretty... <laughs> Is it Reggie? Um... Probably either that or the Metro, maybe. Yeah, I think oh, the last yeah, that'd be great. played through oh, yeah, that type of tour went through is at the Metro, possibly. Oh, the I Metro like Reggie. Reggie's is a great. I love that venue. Yeah, cool yeah, band. yeah. If, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, they're both 
good venues, but man, if well, you when I said Reggie's, you smiled. You, 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 you don't like Reggie's. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good. Yeah, I, I, I like Reggie's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a good one. Yeah. I was just there. Not that. I mean, like a, two weeks ago, I saw Voivod. No. Yeah, you saw Voivod. I was going to say you saw Voivod there too. Man, yeah, Voivod yeah. was great. Yeah, yeah they were phenomenal. Man, man yeah, yeah, I saw Voivod there too. And then I saw Napalm Death with Eric Burke yeah. playing guitar from Oh, yeah. Luco. Man, that was. We were like, there. That dude rips. We were at that show together. Oh, yeah, we were. <laughs> I remember. I remember. <laughs> Eric plays in like every band. He's in. He's in. Uh, you know, he fills in in Napalm Death, which is incredible. He's in yeah. Nuclear Assault. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. He's in. Uh, you know, well, when Brutal Truth was active, he played with them for a while. Uh, replaced Cern. Yeah. He's got Silaco, and I'm sure he's like Man, in some other. So bands. Yeah, I'm Man. sure. He's got a, my friend Eric's got a story about when he was in high school. He went to see Lethargy, and um, Eric Burke was on the stage and he was doing these pinchy squeals with the guitar. And Eric was like, Hey man, how'd you do that pinchy squeal right between their songs? And Eric uh, went up to, to my friend and showed him how to do a pinchy squeal right in the middle of this live show. That's awesome, man. <laughs> So I don't know, Eric Burke, he seems like a cool dude, but he, I've always admired his guitar playing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I really like, I've known him for a, a long time, man. Like him and a lot of those Rochester guys, like I've been friends with those dudes since like the late nineties probably. Yeah. He was in like a bunch of other bands too. I think he was in, um, I, ton, I mean, Left Calibus. of Jesus for sure. What was I that, Calabas? That was, that's what the band I was thinking of. Yeah, he played in yeah. Calabas for a while. Yeah. And then he was in this, um, he did this solo project called Blatant Crap Taste, which was actually like, he played all the instruments and it was oh. just like insane tech metal. I was like, oh, this guy is just like a, yeah. he's insane. It's not even fair. Yeah. So he shreds on drums, he shreds on guitar, you know, who knows what else he shreds on, but the guy's like, <laughs> he's probably an incredible like synth player. You know, he's a great vocalist. He's like, a, he shreds on vocals. He's awesome. You know, it's like, guys, he can do anything, you know? He's like a one-man band. Yeah. He's like, he's probably in like, he sings Neil Diamond covers or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, thanks a lot, guys. This is great. And um, oh, you know, yes. we're hearing the yes. rest of the album. And um, yeah, you know, hopefully uh, keep me in the loop if you guys are ever coming out east here, you know, or, or whatever, the New York tri-state area, or actually sure. even sure. To, uh, to to Baltimore, because that's not that far from me. I mean, I live in Jersey now, so. Um, oh, nice. Okay. Hopefully <laughs> we'll, we'll have some news soon about what we're going to try and do, at least when the record comes out around that time, or hopefully close to that time, we'll have some kind of like... Um, news to announce that's a, that's what yeah. I, we're hoping but awesome yeah, yeah. and i i uh, hope to hope, hope to see you in uh chicago when you uh come through. yeah for uh, sure I'll, man, I'll, yeah, I'll man. that's yeah. uh yeah i i have the date but i just don't have the venue you know? yeah yeah i mean i'll i'll i'll, I'll find out yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i'll see so yeah, yeah. that'll be great but thank you for having us. And yes, uh, thanks, Mike. As always, it's really great. Uh, it's always great talking. You know, it's any you yeah. guys can come on anytime you want, man. It'd be cool to have you guys Sweet. on too. Sure. Or you, whatever, any yeah. other projects you guys got going on, let me know. You got yeah. it. 
right, guys. Yeah. Have a good so I look forward to. Yeah, I look forward to hearing about uh, you and Andre's uh, sauna experience. Uh, <laughs> Contact me. Let's do this, man. I'm down. It sounds like exactly the thing that I probably need. You know. I think Mike. I think you would love it. I think I'm, I'm really serious. Like, dude. Let's yeah. let's do it. Let's figure out a time. I'm home for a few there months. Let's do it, man. Okay. I think you like down, it. man. Sweet. Jen. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, man. Thank okay. you, Mike. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.